Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to The Fear, a podcast about the overlap between comedy and horror. My name's Sarah Morgan. Hello. The Fear's a podcast where funny people talk about their greatest fears, the stuff we're all scared of. Um, to crystallise their thoughts, I asked my guests to bring in three fears. Um, a fear from their childhood, their most memorable, scary moment from film or TV, and a fear or phobia they live with now. My guest this week is the brilliant stand-up and podcaster Stuart Goldsmith from the Comedians Comedian podcast. Stuart's currently on a nationwide tour, including London Soho Theatre, and all the dates are available at comedianscomedian.com. There are more details at the end of the podcast from Stu himself, if you stick around. Uh, you can find me um, and everything I'm up to uh, on Twitter at Sarah L. Morgan. The show is at The Fear Podcast. The music you're listening to now is by Tim Bazell. Uh, if you like the show, rate and review it where you rate and review stuff. Um, but for now, just enjoy this chat with Stu Goldsmith. It's spectacular. Thank you. Hello, Stu Goldsmith. How are you? I'm really well. I'm really well. I'm slightly unnerved now, yeah. which is appropriate given the nature yes. of the subject. Uh, because you just told me I seem nervous. Yes. Which is like, uh, I don't feel nervous, but I... Uh, oh, it's like the worst thing you could say to someone. Well, a little you bit. Really <laughs> I feel, I feel like <laughs> now, I, because we're in a small room oh, with God. sort of egg box type stuff attached to yeah. the walls, now I feel like I'm actually some psychological... I'm the subject of a psychological experiment. No podcast exists. And this is actually... <laughs> I mean, this is just like a thing to go, you seem nervous. God, do I? Yeah. And then I'm in sort of short I mean, it, film territory, and in 15 minutes I'm jumping out the window. Is, there's, there's almost a sort of casting, uh, like a central casting amount of like uh, recording equipment in the Great Big Owl. Re- it's studios. almost like someone's gone to great lengths to make much. this look like this a podcast. This is what podcasts yeah. are like. Like this is actually like the film compliance or something. And yeah, <laughs> in about eight minutes you'll be doing oh, a chicken God. impression. I love. That. Well, I was just saying because you and I, we know each other. We but do. We we have that nebulous. Like you're not a stand-up. As I far am as not I know. a stand-up. But I have a relationship with you that I have with a lot of stand-ups, yes. whereby we are bonded by the mutual thing. Mm. But I we actually know each other very well I don't know much about you but we've chatted definitely at the Secret Welsh Festival we've we've, we've chatted at Old Rope probably yeah. so the sort of the usual suspects of places and mm. I feel like hey you're someone I know but yes. I don't know the first you're thing about you you're someone I know and like very much but also I think my overwhelming uh, and this is an absolute compliment by the way this is my overwhelming feeling <laughs> never see is uh, my feeling is oh Stu Goldsmith what lovely manners He's got such ah, nice that's manners. that's a mum talking. And that, no, that <laughs> makes me feel like Pat Routledge in A Woman of No Importance. Going, that's oh, the second oh, third reference lovely. to a thing I don't know. Oh, no, is it Alan Bennett? Oh, I'm... mate. Uh, but it's, no, it's just that, it's not, it doesn't sound like, it's not like a sexy compliment. He's sure. got such beautiful, I've always thought, Stu Goldsmith, beautiful manners. Oh, thank uh, Nice man, beautiful manners. Like, I leave sort of going, oh, lovely manners on him. And then I heard you on another podcast, and it turns out you're a nasty little freak. And I was so 
please. Oh, God, like, really? You were talking about, it was Brett Goldstein's um, Films to be Buried with podcast, yes, which excellent. is brilliant. It's like yes, really this, good. but with production values. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and isn't his photo good? <laughs> he's looking oh, back at it today. He's, he's I was trying to think of horror <laughs> movies, because one of the questions yeah. is about horror movies, mm. and I thought, have I already said the things, the first thing that came to mind, mm. I, the, the first two things that came to mind, I thought, have I already said them on Brett's podcast? I'll make sure I, 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 I'll check so that I don't end up repeating stuff, because there's nothing more infuriating oh, as a podcaster. I have minded. But um, I was suddenly struck by the production values, particularly on the, on the image. I mean, listeners, if you, uh, you know, I'm not directing you to another show, you don't need to listen to it, but check out the image. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's a handsome man to begin with, he's but man he's lit yeah. like the, like he, he's so handsome he bothered getting someone to light him properly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, so, in what way but, am I a little freak? So, oh, because you're a nasty little freak. I think sort of caught you <laughs> yeah, to yeah, make okay. you feel more comfortable. Well, I have such good manners. Uh, I left out the you most. You <laughs> were talking about uh, your relationship with horror films. Oh, you yeah. love a horror film, and you also have a particular fondness for films of an era. You said you watched The Crow, sort of near oh, constantly. Oh God! I, oh man, I used to love The Crow. So the you bit, do, the you bit do where not he jumps, a man. the bit where he jumps onto the end of a table and lands sitting cross-legged. I practiced at home. <laughs> Did you? Yes. Oh no! I practiced the thing that Demi Moore does in striptease with a chair. Ah, <laughs> you know, oh, she, oh yes, I do she know bends that. Bends over a chair and then sort of like yes, go, yeah. it's kind of a precursor to a slut drop, is it? It's sort of like it's a, like a well, a very slow over the back of a chair. It's a completely useless skill in any other form. But I'm, I'm glad that it's not just me yeah. that practices chair things. Oh I've man, no, I was film. I loved the crow and I loved I I liked the comic book, but I think I liked the film more, mm. which is probably the wrong opinion to have because people get very frustrated about sort of adaptations and stuff. The comic book was it is it remains an incredibly uh, teen angsty sort of a thing you know mm. it's it's like he's it's what is he what's he like it's like kind of goth Batman for the people who've not seen it mm. it's it's like a gothy sort of revengey kind of Batman where he like there's the crows as the sort of the psychopomps the messengers of the dead his wife is killed she was probably raped beforehand in that whole it's kind very of fridging like, isn't it there's a yeah lot of, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's hugely fridging not yeah. a female character in it people once believed that when someone dies, a crow carries their soul to the land of the dead. But sometimes, just sometimes, the crow could bring that soul back to put the wrong things right. And, um... But oh, there's one female character in it. There's the girl, the girlfriend character of the gangster who goes, "I like the pretty lights," which is basically oh, all yeah. I said for about three years when I was well, a teenager. Oh, so this is obviously I see now. Oh, this is a yeah. shared fascination. Oh, we are akin, akin. I think there's a certain type of person who spent every weekend, possibly in Western Supermare, possibly in other places, watching The Crow every single weekend. Oh man, me and my how friend, old are you? Uh, <laughs> me, and, me and my friend who I've just decided not to name. Sure. Um, who then went on to uh, get into not exactly LARPing but kind of uh, dress, dressing up as a rich person with a monocle and then him and his friends then this is like this is advanced LARPing for people with money uh-huh. they would hire a manor house like you know 20 of them say for the weekend and they would take it in turns the A team would be the staff and then at the stroke of midnight they'd switch over and the B team would be the staff yeah, so the half party, the time mate. you were there I'm sorry. well I, mean, <laughs> I honestly don't think it was because I think <laughs> that it should um, I don't think it <laughs> I don't think it was a sex party, but he, to me, it's, it's a great idea. It's not something I could do. I kind of met that gang at one of his birthdays and mm. I sort of went, oh, you're, you're doing your thing. That's, that's not really mm. my thing. But I did love the idea of 
like the sort of fantasy life thing, but with a real use, a real functionality behind it. Like uh, today I'm the butler, but tomorrow I get my toast brought to me on a silver oh, salver. Yeah. It's very, uh, one day I'll rescue the princess and the next day the princess will rescue me right back. Oh God, that sounds the, even better. That's the yeah, thing, yeah. pretty woman. What that's would the, be, oh right, okay, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, Which, you know. <laughs> I feel like I've seen it. I feel one like day I'll it. pay a woman for sex the next yeah. day she'll... And they climb a ladder, something. So, what the, the other films of that? Il- I was trying to remember what the other films because you would obviously you wouldn't just do one film in that. Oh, sure, you yeah. do the Crow. Well, the horror films like Hellraiser. Were, yes, are oh, huge. The again, Craft might be a bit. No, no a bit didn't see girl, the Craft, wasn't it? No, yeah. the, but Hellraiser again. I'm sort of noticing that has a definite kind of S and M aesthetic, yes. doesn't it? And it was Clive, very the Clive 90s. Barker, a dirty boy. Yes, um, <laughs> and uh, his stuff. God, have you read the Books of Blood? Yeah, I his, love his collection of short stories. Kid, those yeah. are one of those things I go back to yeah. every so every few years. I'll think, oh, yeah. I've not read them in a while, and I'll just read all of the stories again. I love. Were them. you were you gothic in appearance as a? I was a terrible goth. You know, you? I was because I think I mentioned it, and I no. was a bad goth. Coming in fresh, tell was, me about being a bad goth. Um, so, okay, Leamington Spa. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably all you need to know. Um, I grew, like the perfect I grew up in Leamington Spa, <laughs> and in the days before, I got up the nerve to go into Birmingham to go to a leather jacket shop. Sure. Instead, I would buy all my clothes from a catalogue, pre-internet, nice. a catalogue called, and I'm just leaving a pause here in case anyone is like me and was into it, remember? It was HM Gear, <gasps> which stood for Heavy Metal Gear. Was and, it out the back of Kerrang? Uh, it was the sort of, yes, almost certainly oh. it was in the back of Kerrang. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. So um, it would be like I wore a black, it was called a duster coat. It's like a black trench mm, coat. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, but it was like super, super cheap. And uh, like black fingerless leather gloves mm-hmm. and I would wear black combat trousers and trainers because I was yeah. a terrible, terrible goth. Yeah. I looked like a little pussycat. You didn't like... have to break in a pair of docks. That yeah, too... <laughs> exactly. I did yeah. eventually. I think I switched to docks and also Nine Inch Nails t-shirt, nice. torn the arms off it. Oh, lovely. It was eaten by my then girlfriend's hamster and so it had little nibble holes in it, kept wearing it. But they were like authentic little oh, yeah, nibble but holes. Did you, did you pretend they were like bullet wounds? Or yeah, something? something like that. Oh, I, I don't I think I had a spliff on myself. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I dropped hundreds of Blimbers, tiny joints. Man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, hamster ate this. Yeah, Fantastic. Yeah. I, I was a really terrible goth, and uh, I certainly I remember more than one costume party I went to as the crow simply by wearing the stuff I would ordinarily wear. Amazing. Um, but also doing the crow smiley kind of black and white oh. makeup. And the crow was amazing because it had that. It was a film that we all sort of gathered around. Like, I don't know if you'd like me, there wasn't enough weird kids to have too many tribes. I grew up in a very small town in sure. Somerset, and there wasn't like. A thousand different tribes. There wasn't goths and emos and whatever. Or anyone who would wear Dot Martens and stripy tights was sort of the same. Freak. Oh yes, you just I, that's right. That's you right. Had to sort of find each other. And, and I wasn't really part of a gang like that. There yeah. was me and my mate Noel. That yeah. was sort of it. Um, there were other people who were kind of very tangential to it mm. and Noel didn't really care about the crow so it was basically just me just you and, and the crow my, on and your my, own and my mate who kind of um, who was the uh, the person I brought up the kind of laughing guy <laughs> he and I used to that's Noel from Sex Party <laughs> <laughs> yeah, different guy different guy um, and uh, he and I used to dress oh god we used to <laughs> He so I guess he was the micro community, but not very often. It was just like once a month or so, there'd be a party, and we would both dress up. We would both be at our most gothy, and the rest of the time we wouldn't be that gothy, and we would 
sort of pretend to be vampires. Ah, I can't believe I've said that in public. Um, like, really, you know, really, like, we would... I'm so happy right now. We'd have so conversations. Happy. Okay, let's, let's get yeah, into we, this. And let's this. get into this, unpack this. I, I, I remember us having conversations about each other in the third person, conversations about ourselves. Looking back, I've always been mm. very emotionally articulate, wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm. It was very, very repressed. And mm. I think the kindest thing you could say about it is that in retrospect, probably we were kind of workshopping his mm. anxiety about girls and right. in a way that he couldn't ever sort of come clean about stuff. So, but he could talk about himself in the third person under this kind of <sighs> vampire guise with names that we had ripped off from Nightbreed by Clive oh, Barker. Nightbreed, Another nice. absolute banger of a film. I'll never watch yeah. it again just in case it's awful. Yeah. But God, it was important to me. And um, and I don't mean to sell him out here because also he sounds a, like a fucking legend. A, I mean, he's an absolute yeah. legend. But also, there's a slightly less kind way, you, a less kind to me way yeah. that you could look on it, which is that. Also, I just thought it was rad, and it was like yeah. And it was, so it this was is, an this alternative is peak sort of mid nineties. This is love song for a va- this is an interview with a vampire. Yes, this it was. It would have been around then. Lost Boys would have been in your DNA, but Lost slightly. Boys was, yeah. Yes, there were yeah. yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> never go back. Jesus Christ, never go back there. I the watched Boys. the first five minutes of Lost Boys, and I just, just threw the TV out the window. Don't spoil it. I did. Uh, I did. A, I did. Oh, ruining your childhood. I did a. Um, I, I made the mistake of reading the script you know you know how all telly in america has to be a reboot of an old thing now sure yeah and they've rebooted they're re- literally rebooting nancy drew they're rebooting like everything you ever vaguely yes. liked the kid and i uh, i've read the i might have to cut this now i just realized because i read it on a server i don't even know if they've made it uh but they've read um yeah the, the they're rebooting the lost boys as a tv i've heard that i've heard that on gizmodo i think TV yeah on thing, yeah. or something yeah, yeah. um I, I think i think it could work can you imagine the meeting in hollywood where everyone's going sequel, sequel, sequels, mm. and one guy just turns up and goes, "Guys, <laughs> reboots," yeah. and they're just like, "Just cash, yeah. cash, cash." Yeah. yeah. Why? What do we? What do we not have to? We, we we like making television, but what we don't like having to do is use our imaginations before yeah, we use do. Our imaginations. At we all. want to look at an old thing that people liked, totally, and, and then. We'll, we'll 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 reboot it exactly as it was from your childhood, um, but we'll just chuck some grit at it. <laughs> so yeah. it's like gritty Nancy. If you're, gritty Nancy Drew is quite the read. We'll oh just throw God. some fucking grit. I didn't at read Nancy any Nancy Drew. Drew. I feel like I know what. I remember Hardy Boys. Which you don't is need kind to, of you know Riverdale and all that. Where they yeah. just just like it's like a child's thing, but there's tits. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> tits and grit. Tits Guys, and grit. Guys, with tits and grit. Tits and grit. <laughs> yeah, it's um. <laughs> It's it is weird, isn't it? I do. I weirdly. <laughs> this is an odd thing to say. I think I. I do. This is of, a safe space for odd things to say. I do sympathise a little bit with the idea that, like, I, I do get that everyone's crapping themselves about losing their job and everyone. Mm. And you know, it, obviously, it is less risky mm. to go. Look, there's a thing. There's some brand yeah. here that people get. And I speak as someone who. Uh, I'm 41, and so the people making the Avengers movies mm. are the same age as me, mm-hmm. and so we were hitting the same... They're mm-hmm. making the stuff about stuff that was important to us yep. at exactly that time. But I keep now getting to the point where I go, OK, after this one, I'm out. You know, after that, as soon as we get, as soon as yeah. Endgame is done, I'm out. I can't devote any more yeah. time to it. It's the same stuff again and again. And I have lived, they have fulfilled all of those things. And then they'll go, but what about Punisher? And I'll go, okay, <laughs> after Punisher, I'm out. And then they'll go, what about Deadpool? And I'm like, yeah. I wasn't even really into Deadpool. And, the, and then the well, hype machine starts yeah. and goes, but you remember Deadpool, right? And well, I half remember it. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. So I, I don't know what else there is left. It'll be Bagpuss next. Yeah. It'll be sexy yeah. Bagpuss. It'll be sexy Bagpuss. <laughs> Professor Yaffle can teleport. And yeah. You know what I mean? All the 
well, you'll find out. Hey, where you'll find out where Bagpuss got of those pink stripes? Yeah. Do you Why does I mean? he need to sleep so much? Is exactly. Kind of narcolepsy, sexy exactly. narcolepsy. He's just a saggy old cloth cat. But oh. Emily loved him because of some dark <laughs> secret that we're gonna. But Emily loved him despite being his sister. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Sexy incest Bagpuss. Yes. Like, well, we just made a billion pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Oh God, I was just thinking about the bit in the, the crow. The reason why everyone loved the crow so much as well was because of. Uh, the fact that Brandon Lee died while it was being made. It did imbue it with it, uh, oh, it made an it appropriate, so cool. an appropriate to the subject matter level of actual human You'd tragedy. It was like, everyone oh, yeah. was like, oh, it was so, it, it was it was kind of like a sort of, it lent it a sort of mm. Kurt Cobain kind of quality. Not that oh, it, was, it was very different circumstances. But, but it, similar, t- it was the same time, it was the same, yeah, yeah it was, it was, yeah, very, it, yeah, it was the... Like I if was, it had been Brendan Fraser in George of the Jungle who died on set, it would have been like, that's a tragedy. <laughs> Because this is about <laughs> death and vengeance and eternal yeah. life and something beyond the veil. And there was loads of bits you'd sit there. Like I would sit in my mate Stuart's uh, garage bedroom. That he was so cool. His like bedroom was like a garage, uh, and we would be smoking those sort of packs of fags, royals. I think they were called. Uh, you got twenty five a packet, uh, and <laughs> cheapest fags in town. And there, and and you sit there, sort of going, "Yeah, that's see that shot there where that squib went off." That was when he died. Yeah. And then they would cut to him on the roof playing the guitar. And you'd just be like, yeah, you see, that's why they put that guitar solo there just after that. It's because that's just like pinpointing the moment when, when the squib went off and killed him. But yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. It's so, so deep, so deep. <laughs> I love it. You're pretending Weirdly, to just on the same, on a similar subject, have you seen the Fast and Furious movie, which is the, it ends with the tribute to Paul no, Walker? No, but yeah. They- Genuinely, really well. I, I enjoy yeah. those films non-ironically. Yeah. From from I didn't I haven't seen things. the first few, but from about four onwards, yeah. they get what they are. They're mm. unashamed to do it. It does have a kind of this very corny, soupy family guys message. Mm. I mean, ultimately, they are heist films, and mm. they save the world by driving cars very fast. But they have a sense of their own ridiculousness. Mm. And the end of that episode, where the franchise itself says goodbye to Paul Walker. Genuinely, I saw it with comedian Amy Annette, and we were both in tears, and mm. we were both kind of patting each other's hands and blinking back tears. It was beautifully yeah. done. Stu Goldsmith. <laughs> that was so full, I can do it again. So, so, I can't do anything with any degree of sincerity whatsoever. How do you, tell me, how do you do it on your podcast? Because I think you're I, such a professional. How do I, I love that I give people that impression. How do I do sincerity? Because you see, no, well, like... I, do you mean in the blurbs, the interstitial bits, or do you mean in the interviews? Which I bit? just mean, mean in the, everything. Like you're, you're, you're. Uh, I've listened to most of the comedians, oh, comedian, thanks, I, and and I feel like I know you way better from interacting with you in sure, public and sure, going, sure. oh, yeah. lovely manners, clean hands, Weirdly, what a nice man. When people come to see me live, they often say, "You've got a head." <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I've got quite a weird head. <laughs> or rather, they're just thinking you're just a voice. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. They, they are they are intimately acquainted yeah. with a very specific thing of mine. But saying. I feel like you don't give much of yourself away. That is my intention. That is your intention. Yeah, because uh, there were plenty of comedy podcasts out there where <laughs> the host would interview someone whilst riffing and bigging themselves up and talking about their issues. I'm and right I here. Wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is seven I'm years so ago. You wounded. were podcasting seven years ago. And so this, this is a starting point. Was I? I I kind of try to be invisible yeah. because I, I, I'm much more interested in someone else than me because you just get this person for this tiny amount of time. And, you know, it's like a used car salesman technique is you just be quiet and then they fill the gap 
and then you just keep looking at them and then they cry. It's great. <laughs> See, that's so I did, I, this is a trick I learned at journalism school. So you might want to do if you ever need to change tack at all. Yeah. When I was a journalist, if you if you're interviewing a famous person and you want to find out like a bit of sordid information about them, uh-huh. you tell them something about you first. Yeah. And they're more likely to sort of open up and share. Yeah. So you say, oh, my, my boyfriend cheated on me or, you know, when I had that abortion in 84, they will then say it back to you. And obviously no one gives a shit about you and you leave out your bit and you put sure. in their stuff and they've said it. And then people, I do that, but with this, I just leave in the horrible yeah. <laughs> stuff. Well, care. that's okay because then you're paying the price. What a dirty well, journo tactic. It is a horrible though. tactic, isn't I, it? But it's I, really useful. I do that, but I leave mine in. I will frequently say... Like, I think the the thing with my podcast is that I I think it's about... I don't want to talk about myself. I think it's about empathy because I just... I suffer a lot from anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I think if I were famous comedian X, what would I be worried about? And then I... With that in mind, I then go, oh, if I were you, I think I'd be worried about people not turning up to this or I'd be worried about the fact that look let's take an example mm-hmm. who's, who's, who won't come on my show because he's scared Ricky Gervais right. who I know is a listener to my show okay. but won't come on it um, he uh, I think my thing about Gervais is that he really wants to be a leading man mm. he got all slim you know he went to Hollywood got mm-hmm. all slim got all buff starred in that movie where he was a the, dentist got the Simon Cowell t-shirt 100% yes um, <laughs> black and, t-shirt um, black trousers but, but he's not a leading man and he can't be a leading man because that is just isn't the, his, it's so not that's his, your plans to get him on the show. Yeah, it's just not his strongest suit. Yeah. So if I that's I think to myself, what would I be worried about if I was Ricky mm. Gervais, given his enormous success and all the rest of it? And I go, well, I think the two things are probably he for a long less so now, but I think for a long time he worried that he you know he's he has that nervousness about doing stand up, given mm. that he didn't really do the hard yards as a stand up. So yeah. if that was me, I'd probably feel like a bit of a fraud and want to prove myself. And also, if if I was him, I'd be thinking, oh, I really want to be like an action hero. I want to do mm. that kind of thing that Simon Pegg is sort of doing mm. into the Mission Impossible things. But he's still the comic relief guy. So, oh, sorry, this is rude to use Ricky's career as an example of this. No, I think, but I, no, I think this is fascinating. Those yeah. things would worry me. Yeah. So those are the things I'd walk, those are the preconceptions I'd walk in with trying to, I'm going to try and get him to a reveal that he does think those things that I'd worry about. I had no. I mean, obviously, I know your show is famous for uh, getting someone to cry. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's been many I, I ways my role model for this one. I refer but, glibly to making people cry yeah. way more often than it actually. Happens. I know, and but I it's do it wonderful when way. it does. Uh, I mean, in this, if I can get someone to just like going, oh, I feel a bit weird and getting yeah, totally. Oh, Same if thing. I can, if Results. I can get under someone's skin, it's yeah. wonderful because it's just it's having someone be vulnerable, and it's not just comedians you know riffing or whatever. Sure, but um, that's fascinating. I would never twig that that's how you go in with your interview technique is to put yourself in their shoes and go what would yeah i think what would so. i worry about that's I think so. brilliant oh thanks mate what i don't I, know it's, it's weird with the podcast I, because I, oh god now no one's ever going to want to go on your show because what would be your, oh, no, it's like a room it's like someone's room 101 like from the book not the tv show but like yeah what is what would be the worst thing i could ask you <laughs> yeah, well um, yes but i think like you said if you if i do ask those questions yeah. i couch it in i don't just go in with mm. probably you're worried about this Right. If I think that, mm. then they're worried about not being taken seriously in something, then I can say, often very honestly, mm. I, I always think I'm never get taken seriously. How do, you, how do you believe in yourself that much? Because if I were you, I'd be thinking, God, what if they don't take me seriously? Mm. And often those are the things that get people to open up. God, that's really interesting. What well, on aggregate is the sort of uh, most advice people give on, on stage fright and nerves and that kind of stuff? Because you've interviewed everyone. You must have asked yeah, that a thousand I times. Yeah, I don't often talk about stage fright, but I suppose... Anxiety, the, I guess. The yeah. um, I suppose breathing, 
Like you can, your parasympathetic nervous system, you can control your sort of fight or flight response by breathing twice mm-hmm. as long on the out breath as the in breath and do that smell for five soup, minutes. Smell the soup, cool the soup. Uh, what's that? Cool, smell the soup and cool the soup. Love it. Smell Love the soup, it. cool the soup. Um, and I also, my personal one is I try and remind myself of my values if I'm feeling like an <gasps> imposter. I think I might not be the best guy to close this gig after those two brilliant acts, uh-huh. but I do love comedy. I'm the right, I, it's in, I've got the right heart. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even if I'm not going to be the best thing, I am here because I, cause, because I love it and I yeah. love to be and I want to give it my best shot. And then the other thing, this is so great. I got this from, um, I, I've started doing, uh, I've started doing presentations to business on what comedy can teach them about resilience and bouncing back from stuff and coping. And I did one recently at a computer company and someone came up to me afterwards who's like the most junior person in the company yeah. and said, every time I feel imposter syndrome, every time I think, how did I get here? I think to myself, how did I get here? And I visualise all the steps and all the decisions I made that are why I'm here. And then I feel like, yeah, I deserve to be here. And I haven't used that one yet, but I'm bloody going to, because that's great. That is great. How did I get here? You're about to walk out on stage at the comedy store or something, closing for the first time at the store. And you're thinking, how did I get here? You go, how did I get here? I worked and I wrote and I gigged and I took risks and I failed and I recovered. That's how I got here. Okay, I'm right, going to do that so let's next. Do it. So my my yeah, my big anxiety internal noise is who even are you <laughs> to be doing this? Like Nikki Graham from Big Brother. <laughs> who even are you? Who who is she? Well, then it's maybe, generally my internal monologue. So now I have to ask. Maybe you should. Who say, is she? So who is she? Who is she? She's this person. <laughs> she like did this. She took these risks. She, yeah. <laughs> who am I? I'm Alan Partridge. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm Sarah Morgan. Fuck. Uh, that's great. Yeah, I think that's a really good... Next time my internal Nikki Graham starts going, who is she? Yeah, and you know, you have to spot yourself doing it to yourself. You have to congratulate yourself and go, well done me, I spotted it, I'm doing that again. That's and, uh, and then actually apply the stuff because it's so much easier to go, oh, that's my theory that I'll do. And then in the yeah. moment, of course, you're too busy freaking out to remember to do it. So you need to train it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, oh boy, that's fantastic. I've actually. solved the fear. Goodbye. Like, oh, bye, everyone. Turns into bats. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a vampire. <laughs> I'm really so sorry. Be. I really wanted to be. I you, must have seen, you must have seen what we do in the shadows. I haven't seen the series, but uh, I've heard the series uh, is good. really good. Is it really is it good? good? I'm it's so glad. It's a really welcome addition of uh, Natasha Dimitriou. Uh, yes, great. Uh, it's very good having a, having, a, having a girl on the team. Yeah, is, is a lovely, right. sure, lovely sure, sure. thing. Uh, it was clearly born out of some buddies years ago so I'm glad that they dug into that and kind of changed the, the it's thing. um yeah oh god I love watching this I just oh, watched it man. on a plane back from LA on Air New Zealand which is why I only ever fly Air New Zealand because they're just so New Zealand them. films they're so great they're so great okay. but um yeah so I that idea of all the different types of vampires I love it and the mm. idea of the familiar or who's kind of hanging around wanting to be turned into yeah. a vampire I think really that's my place in life. I'm not the vampire. I'm the guy who's like, can I, please, can I, ju- I'll just, get, I'll go and kill you some more guys. Can I, yeah. please, to me, just forever until you eventually die of old age. One of life's smithers. They're yeah, I really am. I oh, really I'm, am. I'm, I'm, I am one when of you life's say psychic Simons. That's me. Thing, sure. When yeah. you say, the thing about Stuart is he's got lovely manners. Yeah. Reasonable men do not change the world. <laughs> I think the world needs many more men with good manners than it does. <laughs> well. Than it does some. The other kind. I couldn't think of any way of finishing the sentence. It was so (laughs) horrible that we'd have to just stop completely. (laughs) Then not. Uh, Right, oh shit, we haven't got that long. Okay, um, Stuart, let's talk about your choices. Before we start today, I asked you to think about three things. Um, Mm -hmm. Your favourite scary moment from film or TV, Mm -hmm. something that scared you as a child, and a fear or phobia you live in now. So first, which would you like to talk about first? 
Well, because one of my things, I'm not sure which category it falls into, and my phone. Oh, exciting! So let me just have one. Was it something? Look at my notes. Yeah. I misunderstood the one about. I thought it was the first thing that scared you, and then I was like, Oh, oh just no, that was Brett's. One. That's um, Brett's podcast. Oh, oh well, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, that one and that one. You can have. I do. I mean, the thing is, you might know it's not the tightest ship I'm running sure, here. Sure, sure, sure. It, it is. Uh, it's just a jumping off point for for, for keeping things on Got topic. It. Got it. So you don't end up just going. Oh, did you watch uh, Fleabag? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> God, I most... did. Isn't it incredible? It's the I'm, best thing I'm, I'm, watching, I'm in the middle of writing something. Why the fuck would I watch Fleabag course, while I'm in the fine. middle of writing? To- script? Totally fine. I'm on commission. I'm God, not going to write. Wonderful. I'm going to watch it it's when I finish writing. So wonderful. Um, I've heard it's fine. <laughs> It's weird when you're a girl in the industry because everyone just goes, everything you write will always be completely compared to it and everything you pitch will be compared to it. And yeah, I won't, I won't keep this bit in. But yes. yeah, so it's very, yes. very hard for I've noticed then. that even after it had big success at Edinburgh and then went to mm. Soho in like 2013 mm. or something, mm. after the after effect of it, the aftershock of like mm. everyone was doing Fleabag stuff, everyone, lots of women were doing, it's not that here's they, me being a sort of loose... It's not that they were doing it, it's just that that's what was getting commissioned. That was what was getting commissioned. Yeah, yeah thank you. That's it was, a really good point. It was, um, yeah. Trust me, every 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 girl I know has their sex life in their twenties in a drawer sure, somewhere. Sure, sure, This is not going in because this yeah, sounds like yeah, I'm yeah. me off, which I'm really not. I think the first year was great, and I'll definitely watch the second. But yeah, it's very it says a lot about commissioning. You had a great big owl. Yes, they make this podcast. Yeah, but not just this podcast. You're shitting me. Name some others. Well, there's Trolled. We had Luciana Berger and Gary Lineker coming on. Oh yeah, and there's Crime Club. You get done for that. Yeah. There's The Fear. It's a kid's show. They really, really scared me. There's Always There. Thanks very much, because I would never have gone oh. down Howard's way oh. had you not asked me. There's Friends with Friends. Shoving a funnel in Joey's mouth and Rachel pours fat yeah. down. <laughs> and there's Ask the Nincompoops. Kids ask us the questions they want answered. That's for kids we shouldn't have sworn earlier. Bollocks. Quick, play the sting. Great big owl. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So, sorry, what were we going to talk about? We were going to talk about your favorite scary moment from film or TV? Yes. So, the- I think my favorite 
is the, okay. So the, the first two that come to mind, which yeah. I'll tell you briefly because I think they're worth talking about. Yes, so absolutely. God, the descent is yes. the most frightening film I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, psychologically, like, oh, uh, women go potholing, yes. and it's all super claustrophobic. And then when they're potholing, without wanting to spoil it, there is something. This is what I'm saying. It's really impossible to talk really about. It's really hard to talk about. There is something yeah. down there, <laughs> and the moment when you see the something that is down there, I screamed in the cinema. I screamed out loud. It was horrifying. So there's that, mm-hmm. and then also Poltergeist, which I saw <gasps> when I was too young to see Poltergeist, and it Poltergeist. was horrifying. Um, but it's a different sort of fear, but probably a much more pervasive one and one mm. that's much more meaningful mm. to my life mm. is the moment in the opening credits <laughs> of the 80s TV show The Equalizer starring Edward Woodward where there's like it's a, it's a montage of bad shit going down yeah, in the yeah, city yeah. to music by I believe Stuart Copeland from the police and um, there is a moment where there's a woman in a sort of battered lift uh, like a yeah a lift in like a tower block and it's all graffitied and shitty, mm. and there's a woman standing in front and a guy standing leaning against the back corner, and the lights flicker, like the shitty lighting is kind mm. of cutting out, and as the light flickers, just before it cuts away, you see the guy just make a move towards her, <gasps> and and then it cuts to the next yeah. bit. You never hear the story of that woman or anything else. It's just a little montage of shit so, going back. Let's watch this city. together. I'm excited. So I hope I've remembered it rightly. It oh, did no, make an effect it, on me. You know what? I love it when people misremember things. The best things <laughs> oh, it was show. actually two rabbits banging. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it turns out they kiss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're in love. She was a hooker. Right, yeah. Let's watch this together. Mm-hmm. And you can narrate, but we'll drop it in. Uh, uh, yeah. So the uh, city. New York. It's dark. It's really dark. It's is that? Gritty. I don't know if that's an that's effect on your phone. Well. That is my phone. Oh, there's is someone running. running. Someone's running. running past a bus stop. I mean, this isn't. There we go. That's the bit. That's the, all the lights are flickering. Oh, they're in a lift. And look, oh, and he's oh, just moving towards Jesus. her. Jesus! And now someone's stuck in a phone booth. Far less likely. Yeah, I didn't. I thought it was much later in the bit, but this is basically there's a woman walking through a hospital. Someone's <laughs> looking at. Someone's just put. Someone's just balanced some scales. Did you oh, see that? Oh, nice. The scales Great. of justice. And now it's another. W- this is lots of women in peril. I hadn't realised the theme, but is that what in the, the shadows do? we can see the silhouette of Edward Woodward holding a gun. And now he's standing next to a car. Yeah. And that's, oh, and that's the bit when it drops. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's Tell me all oh, about so, the uh, uh, Edward Woodward plays Robert McCall. These films were recently remade with Denzel Washington in the title role, and right. nothing about them was the same. Yes. They were pointless, but I, just, just a name. I did still yeah. watch the first of course. one. And I did quite enjoy mm-hmm. it. it, took, it, it for an action movie, the remake took a lovely long time to lose its temper. He's just very calm <laughs> and he just really doesn't do anything until they absolutely push him to the limit and then he murks everyone in a warehouse, which is great. But, um, so the original, the point is that, okay, A, he's English, right? right? And he's B, he's old. Go C, ahead. he's got a trench coat. Fabulous. D, he used to be in the army. I think he might have been a major. I don't know where I've got translate very of Nick from Reacher. But um, basically his... Thing is, each week there'd be different episodes. Diff- mm. I don't know what that's called. Each, each different situation each time, mm. and there would be some gang violence or some kids getting harassed. To some gang guy wants to mm. make him sell drugs by the school, or a blackmail thing gone wrong. And he comes in, and like a one-man A-team, he kind of is there for the little guy and right. saves you. You know, when you you like, you've got no one else to turn to. And I don't know, I can't remember how people found him, but his power was walking into the middle of a block war, like a huge gang yeah. war thing, and being British at them. Great. And just going, 
everyone just calm down and then they would <laughs> and that was it and he occasionally would fire a gun but very rarely it was much more the psychological pressure of the natural authority of the elderly British white man oh amazing so this was a British see I, I sort of vaguely remember this but you this was something you enjoyed as a child I think I must have watched it late night on, uh, mm. on a Friday night sort of and you liked it enough that you would have absorbed all this information out, but just the t- I remember the, all this stuff I this seen is, it in so years, you loved yeah. but the title sequence alone just was enough that's to, the bit I remember the most just the unnerved sequence. you yeah, well, it yeah. really just that. I mean, you saw when oh, no, when that guy moves it. It's it's just the the fact it's like the story continues after that tiny clip that we yeah. see. I mean, in, in theatrical mm. terms, and it's there's a it just, it's just looks. It's showing you the kind of bad shit that goes down in this city all the time, isn't it? So it's lots of little yes. shots of like bad bad crimes. Super... But one who is just a woman being attacked. In a yeah, or a woman just being about to be oh, attacked. Be like that, you, do, yeah. you do the work yourself, and yeah. of course, what you imagine is awful. I'm sure it's maybe it is not as bad, but you know, because you're doing it yourself, you're like, Ugh. and as a child watching that, yeah. it played into all the fears I had about the city, grown ups, mm. crime, and I was a very nervy, angsty sort of a kid, mm. and uh, and I think it really made me feel like me and everyone I loved was under threat from people because that's the scary that's the really scary thing yeah. isn't it it's not the poltergeist it's not no. whatever is down in the descent I mean most of the the jump scares in the descent are from whatever's down there but the the real kind of torture mm. is everyone being horrible to each other mm. and their relationships falling apart and it's like um, I mean I'm still watching The Walking Dead I said it I'm still in I'm going to be Atta into boy, it stop making it <laughs> Um, but obviously with The Walking Dead yeah. it's not the zombies it's other people Yeah, it's other people and the fact that suddenly you can't trust anyone even when someone says look I swear to you help me my, help my children mm. they're probably blagging you and you can't trust them and it's hell yeah. and I, that scene in the lift made me just go oh, this, mm. I'm, I am now terrified of the city and grown ups and crime and that is that's what life's like man that's and what life's like outside Leamington Spa outside Leamington Spa I mean but, I used to think that's what life was like inside Leamington oh, Spa oh wow down at where the bridge separates <laughs> the the poorer bit of Leamington Spa from the richer bit of Leamington Spa oh, at the bottom of the parade. The haves and the have-nots of oh, Leamington Spa. Oh, the haves have nots Is there a dark, oh, what, the wrong side of the tracks in Leamington Yeah, there really is. It's literally the railway line. It's the wrong side of the railway <laughs> bridge. Um, and uh, and I was very much the right side of the tracks. Really, Stuart Goldsmith. From your manners, from, from your my, beautiful from manners, manners. Your beautiful manners. Um, not that you can't have manners and not go to a good school, but... Totally you know, right. I yeah. think if you're going to go to a good school, yeah. that's a good thing to teach people. Yeah. Manners. Lovely <laughs> manners. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I was glad you had a jump off that at the time because I was no, a bit like, was, I mean, was that yeah. scary or am I just, you know... No, but that's what's lovely voice? about this, This, uh, like, you know, as much as I love talking about horror films and deliberately scary things, my favourite things that come up on this show are some of the... Is it just me or dot, dot, dot? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the secret lemonade drinker was Danielle Watts. Yes, <laughs> was I, well, I saw that in the notes and I was like, oh, that does make it sound frightening. Who is that guy? Yeah. Is just, he in your house? Just is creeping he... about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got I've got some doozies that scared me as a child. Oh yeah, please, but they're just they're not TV related. Oh no, no, it can be anything. It can be anything. Nosy bonk. Fucking hell! Do you remember nosy bonk? Nosy bonk at me and then walk away. (laughs) I firmly state nosy bonk. Do you remember nosy bonk? Remember nosy bonk? Here's nosy bonk pottering around and planting a clue to the whole word. Okay, so what was it? Was it words and pictures or was it Tony Hart or what was it? Oh, God, what was Nosy Bonk Have a Google of Nosy Bonk whilst I explain to the viewers that Nosy Bonk (laughs) is a man in a black suit 
wearing what I now know to be a Basel mask, which are masks that are kind of teaching tools. They're sort of, they're from Basel in Switzerland. Jigsaw. Uh, from Jigsaw. BBC show aimed at children between the age of four, four and seven. If four you can imagine, if you can imagine an, like a, like a, an, an orgy scene in a, in a Stanley Kubrick film yeah. where people are wearing masks yeah. and a particularly grotesque mask in a, that orgy scene, that was what Nosy Bonk looked like, but it was a programme for children. pendulous white nose on a sort of white butter bean of a face. Mm-hmm. And... Fucking hell. Can I see him again? I, I'm sorry, I'm looking at that picture of Nosy Bonk and all I'm thinking he's singing I mean, in the rain from a clockwork orange. It looks like it looks something like the, off the dark web. It's what it looks like and it was aimed at four to seven year olds and it was a funny mime but he himself was horrifying like how can anyone have seen that and how can any grown up have thought this will be appropriate for children has he got like a white wig and white gloves and a black suit and he would walk around doing things. It looks like the sculpture in the bit in A Clockwork Orange where they, they sexually assault with a statue. Yes, it, it does looks look like, like that, that statue. Yes, it does. Which is around the same time, I think, as it came out. So that would be yeah. in the cinema. Your mum and dad would go and see that and then you'd watch, and then you'd be you'd watch like the junior version. Nosy Bonk. Yeah, so that's fucking... Yeah, so that's appalling. Um, that's appalling. Well, I mean, Nosy Bonk, that does sound like a murderer, doesn't it? Like, yeah. that, that now looks... It's a precursor to Slender Man, isn't it? It really yeah. has that kind of... Now, I don't like that should be a sort of horrifying meme. Hey, any aspiring murder, murderers yeah. out there? Forget uh, Momo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It has that quality to it where it's kind of yeah. heightened and clownish, but mm. in a really wrong way. So that is... Mm-hmm. And then I was trying to think of the very first thing I remember having a nightmare about. Ooh. And I remembered it, and it was a... I saw a show, I guess it was at the Warwick Arts Centre, because that's mm-hmm. where we would see shows when I was little. And I guess I was nine-ish. And it was, I, th- it, I don't know if it was a musical, it was a theatre show with songs. And it must have, I've looked, I only remember, and I still remember, one line from the song. And I googled it this morning, and it's from a fairy tale called The Old Witch. So I don't know if the show we saw was called The Old Witch, or if it was something adapted from it, or what have you. But... Um, and I now know the whole bit to be uh, a girl singing apple tree, apple tree. Um, apple tree is something like apple tree, apple tree. Something like so the witch can't find me. She's asking this. She's invoking this, this apple tree to yeah. hide her in its branches. Because if she does, she'll pick my bones and bury me <laughs> under the marble stones. And so, right? I've got so, goosebumps. This is like, Look. yeah, 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 yeah. Well done. So this is Achievement so unlocked. What, the story of the old witch, and I, I do vaguely remember this, but it has one of those mythic, mm-hmm. archetypal, proper, old, grim storytale mm-hmm. story things. Um, and it was a, the, the story, in brief, is that there are two sisters, and one of them uh, goes to find some work with a local elderly lady who turns out to be a witch. On her way there, she stops at an apple tree, and the apple tree sings mm. to her, or says something to her, and it's, it's like the apple tree says, oh, can you pick up me apples? I've been here for mm. seven years, and no one's picked up my apples. So she does, and she's, she's helpful and bright and good. Mm. So she does, and then the next thing is there's a cow, and the cow says, oh, can you milk me? I've not been milked for seven years. No one knows why the seven is important, but it's one of those mythic things. Yeah. And then the third thing is like a river, and she's all, oh, you know, I've not been crossed for seven years, whatever it is. She helps three things. Right. She goes to work for the witch. The witch says, you can do whatever you like. You've got to tidy the house, but don't look up the chimney. She does look up the chimney and a bag of money falls out and the witch comes home to get her for stealing her money. So she runs back the route that she came and at each three things, she says to them, apple tree, apple tree, mm-hmm. uh, make it so the witch can't find me. If she does, she'll pick my bones and bury me <laughs> under the marble stones. And because she helped them all, yeah. they do conceal uh... her. 
and she escapes. Second part of the story, her sister goes the same route. I don't know why she, her sister is going, did she not know? But her sister is going back to the same witch. She passes by the apple tree, says, oh, collect my apples, and no one's done it for seven years. Except your sister. <laughs> yeah, d- doesn't mention the sister. Yeah. And then, the, but this sister is in the... the apple tree's a bit of a And she says, bitch. I'm sorry, I don't have time. And so she doesn't uh, help the apple tree or the or the cow or the river or whatever it is. And so she does the same thing, discovers the thing, and she runs back and the witch gets her. And according to the story I read this morning on Wikipedia, beats her soundly <laughs> rather than killing her. Um, I don't know if it's a different witch. So what happened in the play that you saw? Can you remember? All I remember... All I remember... Because I had a nightmare about it, mm. so I don't know if... I remember waking up screaming at night and my mum coming in. And... Um, all I remember from the... I don't know whether I'm remembering the Nightmare or the mm. theatre show, but I remember a hall, like a sort of Frozen-style castle do- mm. ballroom with um, a bluish and purple tinge to it and a girl dancing on them mm. and then the threat of her being buried under the marble stones, right? Yeah, really specific. As if, as if the floor was made of these huge slabs of marble under which if yeah. you were buried, that was, you know, you rot and it's just your bones. She'll pick my bones and bury me under the marble stones. And it's just to teach kids a lesson, like, have manners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, all of that shit. Yeah. It's, well, a lot of the lessons are, like, don't trust wolves, don't yeah. trust strangers, yeah. don't go away with people, you know, watch don't out Don't allow for women to help women deliver babies. Yeah. Let a doctor yeah. do it. Sure, OK. Yeah. So, a lot, a lot, well, that was a lot of the have... message. Most fairy tales were basically <laughs> don't trust old women. No, they were sort of, you know, they now. Well, there was many, well, I'd like to think there were as many wolves and, and evil princes as there were yeah. old well, women. But beware of crones who want to, like, help the next. But they're probably witches. But also you could argue that to, to extrapolate nice it out of so, that, yeah. you could say don't trust people you don't know. Yes. That's what a lot of them... Don't trust people who are apparently yeah. kind. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of them were started, though, by, by physicians who wanted to... to Charge for their services, so they were started. Do you think so? The yeah. grim fairy tales, like Red Riding Hood stuff, well, it was started stuff by doctors. Beware of the crone of the village was because yeah, there was nice right. old women who helped deliver babies and and helped make medicine and and uh, and uh, people wanted to make to monetize it. So they would say, "Don't trust the old women; they're mad. They're magic. They're probably sure. witches." This was also, I guess, in an, I don't dispute that at all. But I guess it was also in an era where people were like, "Get rub this onion and bury it under a crossroads oh, yeah. in order to get rid of something." So there was a certain amount oh, of like. Yeah. You should wash your hands. Don't trust the crone. It is up <laughs> ring to ring of roses. I mean, it's all disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. All, but I, I don't. Yeah. I do see what yeah. you're saying. I think. I think. Yeah. All, all of those things. I might, I might be a bit hung up on "Don't trust the crone" for. Sure. I, 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 I mean, that's a fair point. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, yeah. Like they were just doulas. Sure. <laughs> the the witches. Yeah, 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 they, yeah. A lot of them were burnt. <laughs> for, yeah. For assisting in births. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> It's just my little hang-up. <laughs> it's it's totally they killed all the women. Um, uh, that's horrifying. So the, how long did you have this nightmare? More than once? Or? Nope. Uh, not that I remember. But I it's, just remember it's stuck it being with you for 40 years. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, sorry, less than 40 years. Sorry. Well, I'm still sitting under the apple tree. The apple tree, the apple tree Still sitting under the apple tree With nobody else but me Or do you want to move on to fears you live with now? Well, <laughs> I have a... I don't know if you'd call it a fear. Mm. I have an, an, uh, a revulsion trigger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like that a nails down a blackboard thing. absolutely counts, yeah. So it's not a fear... 
but it does something funny to me. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's what is the, what is the when it, I've just coined the term revulsion trigger. So you know what I mean. Yeah. But what are they? There must be a well, medical a phobia, word for that. I would say. But it, no, a... but it's like I'm not. You can imagine a spider. A spider could do me harm. Mm. I recognise that no harm can come to me as a result of biting a wooden lolly stick. <laughs> oh, really? You do? No, I mean, I can, I can, I don't have it, but I know what you mean. Yes, one of those absolute jangly physical. You've gone. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah, I really have. God. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I really have. Yay! Uh, biting. <laughs> this is like someone crying it's on your show. It's hard to talk about. It's I'm sorry, hard man. to talk yeah. about. With it. no, no, no. It, mm. It's fun. Hard to talk about without gagging. I'm biting a pen, sorry. Biting pens, absolutely fine. It's plastic, it's not going to do any harm. I don't know if it's the idea of splinters in your tongue or just the the opposite of ASMR or Mm. whatever it's called, which is the idea of, oh, God, your tongue, like, licking a a dry wooden lolly stick Mm. just makes my throat squeeze up and my body jangle. But I don't know if it's a fear in the same way as, like, a spider could legitimately... Well, no, it's a, it's a, there's, there's, there's almost certainly a term for it, because there's a term for everything. I think I've heard... I heard of someone who um, was scared of biting... The idea of putting a key in their mouth. Sure, Because of yeah. getting the... The idea of getting the key trapped between... Like, you know, the sort of old-fashioned key and getting it yeah. trapped in the gap in their teeth. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, I don't have that, but I reckon... You, give, give, I me, give me it. some time. Sure, and I could, sure, And that's, sure. that's one My of those. My wife yeah. suffers from misophonia. Ooh. Uh, which is the technical term for her physical revulsion at the sound of me eating. And that is, I talk about yeah. that on stage. There's, sca- and there's a scale, there are there? always couples that look at each other yeah. like, see, you know, because that's, that's a, that is a mm. widespread thing. And I mean, that's self-diagnosed uh, mm. from, an, uh, from a BuzzFeed article, but it's out there. Misophonia mm. is a thing. Mm. Um, or misophonia, I can't remember. Um, but that is... Um, that's that's the source. Yeah, of... is it called an irrational fear? I mean, in in the you know, I, I it comes up on the show all the time. I have a rational fear of tomatoes, raw tomatoes. Sure, which okay. to, which is as in I know they're not raw, just the goo. Oh, um, the wet bit. The goo, yeah, uh, and 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 um, yeah. So it's a it's a it's a, it's it's that they can't hurt me. Have you considered going to the festival? Uh, have you ever seen the film we, we need to talk about Kevin, which opens no. with that festival? No, I haven't. I've not seen that. It's apparently fantastic. I'm it's, a, it's a really it's a, uh, the first the opening scene of we need to talk about Kevin is the festival of the dis- oh, of the, the, the horror. And there's, um, you've got no reason to suspect that's going to be. No, in there. I went to see it with my mum, oh. and it opens with the tomato festival where people are just throwing. I can't Squishy actually describe it because I will be sick. Yeah. I will yeah, actually yeah, yeah. vomit. And uh, my I tried to. Um, I turned around in my seat and I tried to claw my way through the back of the cinema seat just to get away from it. And my mum, my mum just kept shouting, "It's not blood! It's not blood!" And I was like, "I know it's not oh, blood." Oh wow! That's oh god! Is there anything worse than well-meaning wrong help? <laughs> she, she didn't get that. My uh, yeah, oh blood! I'd have been fine. <laughs> yeah. They've been throwing like kidneys at each other. Movie Blade, for example. So, oh, oh, such. That's like the best beginning to a film ever. That's wonderful. Oh, can we go back to my happy place talking about vampires? That film is wonderful, <laughs> and I don't Thank mind. You, I don't think they should remake it. I just think they could. They should start mm. considering it canon within the MCU. Be that's the Marvel yeah, Cinematic God, Universe I because it's Marvel. superb yeah. and it's great. And it was a black lead, and he was great. I mean, he was nuts. Have you heard Pat Oswalt talking about filming Blade Three? And Wesley Snipes never coming out of his trailer, and they had to basically shoot the film without Wesley Snipes. They kind of got it. Anytime he was together, Mm. they'd just get as much as possible, and the rest of it, they would just shoot everyone around him so he was never in the scenes. This is nuts. But the first one, 
There's a, there's a, yeah, it's a, for the for the uninitiated, there's a scene. It's a, it's a nightclub. It's blood in the sprinkler system, isn't it? They go blood. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, so we didn't actually. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah so there's a, the sprinkler system turn on. Blood comes out of the sprinkler system because fucking, everyone's a vampire apart from this one guy that they've let in, so that they can all get him. It's so good. Such a good bit. It's such a good opener. Did I, do you did you eat a lot of lollies as a child? Did you? Not really. And I can still have lollies. I can eat. I like you can a, eat I a like lolly. A feast. Yeah, but I have I to. Like I take feast. them out of the packet and I use the packet wrapped around the thing so I don't touch the lolly stick. And I can function normally, Sarah. I'm. Um, I can. I'm now just wondering if that's what started your career in stand up. Is the jokes on the lolly? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going a bit. I'm going a bit Des Arling discs here. <laughs> oh my god! I'm going a bit comedians comedian. Oh, Do you yeah. think it was fear of jokes getting yeah. stuck in your mouth? <laughs> god, that would. Jesus, that would be narratively satisfying, <laughs> wouldn't it? Oh. If you just read that it was like, you know, what's black and white and red all over or something. On As a, I'm on having a, this awful on a, fear <laughs> response on a school trip where everyone hated me. Yes. Like, uh, uh, jokes. Oh, pain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've splintered my tongue mm. on... Um, Oh, God, what's a good lolly stick joke? <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. God knows. Uh, uh, why, why did the skeleton <laughs> go to the party? he had nobody to go with. Oh, oh, my pain. There you go. Origin story. <laughs> oh, thank God. But if nothing else in this podcast, we've got to Stu Goldsmith's origin story, which <laughs> the, he splintered his tongue on a funny foot. <laughs> oh, God, on a funny foot. I've never, I've never danced. Again. That is a bit. Fa- <laughs> there are people with fetishes because of funny foots, right? Really? Remember funny foot? Oh, they were like a foot-shaped the ice foot-shaped cream. That you would lick and suck. Yeah, of course. Oh my god. I mean, not. We never yuck anyone's yum on this show, but there are definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely some funny feet fetishes. Now, what's the last time you were scared of something? Well, I mean, the the, the thing is, as you know, as a parent, the uh-huh. real fear <laughs> is passing on the legacy of your terrible psyche to your child. <laughs> Do you have that, or is that just me? Permanently. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So being aware that, like, I didn't enjoy school from what I remember mm-hmm. of it, I... I uh, I, it's so weird now because I have a friend who went to school and sat in many of the same lessons with me and he looks back on it all very fondly so it was clearly all in my mind mm. it was all mostly in my mind me having the horrors feeling insecure feeling awful I joined halfway through I joined that school mm. halfway through the second year when everyone was already settled so I've always felt like an outsider and well, not so that but that's part of why I've always felt like an outsider and uh, I didn't feel happy or comfortable in my skin and it took me years to feel like I know who I am and actually things are fine and now my boy is three and he's going through the three-nager mm-hmm. thing, which I always hated as a concept before I experienced it. And I'm like, I've oh, never that's come what across that's it. Yeah, well, it's just the violent tantrums and mood swings. And oh, oh, not the- violent tantrums, violent mood swings, like very swingy yeah. mood swings. So that strikes fear into my heart, the idea that, like, oh, there's, there, are, there are situations where he will be on his own and feel lonely or sad or mm. isolated like I once did. And that is... It's heartbreaking and completely fine and all part of being normal and growing up and everything. But it gives me the fears. It's the, I like the idea of me having passed on the legacy of being a bit loopy and scared and anxious to my child. I <sighs> do you not. Is there not a bit of you, though? And I'm not saying I buy into this that thinks that if you isn't everyone, you know, who was happy at school, kind of a bit of. You know they're not happy now. Like they peak. Anyone who peaked at school, 
peaked too, too I early. I think that opinion says more about you than it does about I the think. real world. <laughs> what? You think people who are... Hang on, no, this is fantastic. You think people who are genuinely popular and successful and happy at school I, honestly, are now continue to be popular, happy and successful boringly, in life now? I don't think there's a hard and fast rule. Have I, you that's never right, seen Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion? That's like the the clown thing. That's narratively satisfying, but of course it's nonsense. To the idea that, and you are clearly someone who really, like... Okay, he was really miserable right, at school. Right, right, what I was going to say was, like, you yeah. are... You are are still like you haven't completely <laughs> you haven't completed your goth phase right <gasps> yeah because so you're wearing true. like a, what's that an Elvira t-shirt <laughs> and some bands you go you went tattoos you know you're still doing that thing <laughs> I and look exactly the same as when I was 17 sure right now I'm not saying I'm using the word completed I, yeah. specifically because mm. you that still serves you somehow Right. Yeah. Whereas, like my being, you can't a crap scrub off tattoos. Thing. They're not like pretending to be a vampire. You have yeah, to kind but of you don't them. want it. Do you want to scrub those off? No, just, no, exactly. So, so they're still, you yeah, know, they're still of you. You're still proudly wearing them. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, oh god, I'm being comedians. Oh, comedian. sorry, I, I, no, no, I love it. This is amazing. <laughs> this is like I'm, I'm never going to get to be on the show, and now I've just I, been. I'm on it. This is brilliant. I got yeah. what I needed yeah. from that. And so completed uh-huh. it. Yeah. And maybe as a result, I'm pretty bland. I'm dressed in some very bland colours and featureless. I have no exciting tattoos. I have a slightly blue watch. Wow. <laughs> you know, that, that's its own, you know, that's its own thing. And this is the joy of the ComCom is that I never, my podcast is I, I never have to do this stuff to myself. But, um, but you are still inhabiting that. So there must be something about it that still serves you. And I wonder if it's that you uh, enjoy feeling alternative to the mainstream and I wonder if that ties into the your idea your your Romeo and Michelle preconception <laughs> that the people who were the undertrodden people at school yeah. grew up to be the interesting alternative people but isn't that all comedians though or all people in our line of you know I'm not a, a stand-up but I'm a, in, I, I'm in comedy so that's is sure. it, are we all the weird kids or you think there's you no think we're not all the weird kids that's so no. interesting we lots of us are and i yeah. went into comedy thinking because i'm a weird yeah. kid except that i'm i'm what my friend oh you, you know richard now. sandling yeah he, he says at school he would have called me a double agent right because yes. i feel like a weird kid but mm. i can walk unnoticed among the regular kids oh you're a day walker now baby. yeah right yeah, yeah. i'm yeah. a day walker yeah. yeah um but my my challenge has always been like the, the dynamic between i don't am i an insider or an outsider mm. i don't feel like i'm on the inside yeah. but the outsiders don't feel like I'm part of them either. You know, who am I? Who am I? You know, in a way that no one cares about. When I'm, fortunately, I'm busy enough. I can't yeah. devote much time to it anymore. But I never resolved it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I went into comedy thinking everyone there was, um, what do they call it, the young ones, a wild-eyed loner standing <laughs> on the gates of oblivion. I haven't even told our parents what time we'll be back, so put on your dancing trousers and let's get down to the total and utter king of rock and roll, Cliff, Cliff Richard! <laughs> Yeah, no, I think we're all mental. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I, I, I definitely went into comedy thinking everyone was mental and alternative. Mm. I didn't realise, like, I was a, used to be a street performer before mm. I did that, and I, I had come from, I went to circus school for a bit, and it was all desperate attempts to rebel because I felt mm. like I needed to kind of have a personality because everyone I used to know at school is now uh, an advertising executive or a doctor or a lawyer. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm being really different. I'm constantly proving myself to children that no longer exist. Do you know what I mean? And and I'm I've kind of I feel like these days I've slightly more made peace with that now. But I think going into comedy, I thought everyone would be different and weird. I didn't realise that some people would uh, have a regular job and start doing comedy as a hobby, and then realise they could make something out of it. I feel a bit like I've been um, in Silence of the Lambs. I feel like I'm having a, 
<laughs> Quid pro quo, Clarice. <laughs> that's, what that's did Mig say to you? Anyone that has made that connection, and I'm thrilled by it, but in a really awful way. That you've just Hannibal lectured me on my own podcast. God. Oh, I someone had to. <laughs> someone will do it to you one day. Oh, definitely. Without, without doubt. Oh, no, that's really interesting. Stuart. Thank you Thanks for being on my show. Thanks for pointing out what a weird goth I am. I mean, I kind of knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it turns out the real fear... I don't really know. I finished that sentence, the but real, I feel like it was Oh, the real monster is man. Oh, it's something like something that. Something like the that. The real fear was inside the me. The real fear was inside That's you all it. along. Yeah. Again, oh. this is not a revelation. <laughs> no, <fair. laughs> Turns out that the person who did a podcast about fear was actually scared of stuff. Yeah, that's true. That, that was mostly scared. I love. I love the idea of knowing. You know, um, uh, Rick and Morty. Mm. The, my favourite episode is the Needful Things episode. Oh yeah. Where yes. there's Alfred Molina as yeah. the devil, and Rick's going in there, going, "Well, obviously you're the devil." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what, what, what do you mean? Yeah. He says, "Can you?" Um, uh, can you well let, well go home then analyze the thing? He goes well. I will. I'll take this uh, <laughs> home and I'll analyze it under a microscope, which incidentally won't make me go blind because I'm not a hack. Mm. I love the idea of answering back to mythic things. Yeah. So if you completed your hero's quest and at the end someone said, "Well, it turns out the real journey," <laughs> and if you could say fast enough, was inside me all along, yeah. and just going kind to of score a point. What treasure was the friendship we made along the way? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, turn that. Did you start off something where it's like the purpose of this journey is to, to make some friends along yeah. the way and here's a bag of gold at the end of it. Yeah, that'll do. Well, I'm going to have a big hard think about my appearance at the year Oh, God, that didn't mean that at all. I, I didn't yeah. mean for that to be... No I'm just delighted negative. to find out that you, such a daywalker, were a, were a childhood goth and, yeah, and, and uh, no... And they were obsessed with the crow as I was. I'll show you my tattoo. No, I don't. <laughs> I always thought. I, oh my god, that's was, a squib wound. Yeah. <laughs> you always thought I would be the sort of person who looked like, in, in keeping with the daywalker thing. Yeah. If I removed my t-shirt, I'd have like a complete yakuza t-shirt on underneath it. Of a you know about Dolly Parton, right? Oh yeah, I've heard this. Yeah, Dolly Parton's got like, um, and it was weird. I this is Jennifer Saunders went around telling everyone okay. this, so it's been verified. But actually, mm. she, Dolly Parton talks about it now. She's outed yeah. herself. But yeah, her entire tit region, which her famous, you know, mm. the, her most famous kind of attribute, is entirely covered with a massive tattoo of an angel. What? Yeah. What pose is the angel in? Like, a, it, I don't, I don't, I mean... Is it beating its wings towards the camera? <laughs> isn't that wonderful? A wonderful way of, like, owning this thing that the world sort of feels that they have a yes, piece of. Yes, and actually you secretly have got... You've secretly got that, something on was it did their bum with two huge roses? Was that Cheryl Cole? Oh, it was Cheryl Cole. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if that's a similar way of thinking about it. Like, this appears bum. to be public property, but actually yeah. I'm doing actually, a Actually, it's got a... So you don't even know, yeah. Yeah. Although her tattoo has then leaked the pictures. But yeah, I love that about Dolly, that she, she was going around... Um, yeah. <laughs> Old wing boobs herself. Oh, tat tits. <laughs> Here she comes again. <laughs> uh, mate, how you doing? Uh, thanks so much. <laughs> what I was doing there... Were you was waiting a, for me to doing, wind up? I was doing a pro podcaster thing of being silent because there are three things you've said in the last minute where I thought you could easily fade out on any of them. They're a lovely ending. So I was just being quiet so I didn't interrupt your opportunity for a lovely <gasps> out. God, you're so good at <laughs> well, you think so. You think so, but I, I appear to have made you uncomfortable by doing shed, that. So maybe he said, I can smell your cunt. <laughs> Don't end on that. I'm cutting that off. I'm cutting that off so you can't end on it. Oh, thanks so much for coming on the show, Stuart. 
And how can my listeners find out more about you and what you're up to? Well, if they go to comedianscomedian.com tour, they can, dot com slash tour, they can uh, find me doing a national stand-up comedy tour of my show End Of, which is coming soon to Oxford, Bromsgrove, Plymouth and the Soho Theatre in London and then loads of other places around the rest of the country, but not until autumn, so don't worry about it. Um, and also at comedianscomedian.com, they can find my podcast with over 300 <laughs> damn hours of interviews, in-depth interviews with comics about how they write their jokes and whether or not they're secretly depressed. <laughs> and see how many of them, Stuart, <laughs> flays the skin off. I think I, we only get tears one every 25 really? episodes. Yeah. Uh, In the room. <laughs> maybe, am, I, am I the first they're crying on the way home am I the first one as where you've been a guest and you've done it to the host <laughs> no no because by nat- naturally I always in situations like this I constantly forget to be funny and instead just want to get to the real shit man which is why uh, I'm a better podcaster than I am a comedian but I'm also a very good comedian you're a very good comedian you're a very very good comedian <laughs> and a very good podcaster right that'll do Great Big Owl. What? Great Big Owl. Stop saying that. What about Great Big Owl? It's a family of podcasts. Ooh. Who's in this family? Well, there's Rule of Three. That's us. <laughs> there's Brian and Roger. Hi, Roger. It's Brian. There's the The One Show Show. There's oh, nowhere else nice. you would find a, a four or five minute film about Pine Martins. Yes. Without a sight of one Pine Martin at all in the film. There's Barry and Angelos. Oh, uh, gooch, gooch, chooch. Yeah. Remember that lovely one. And there's Smirsh Pod. Could you eat first? I think we know. <sighs> well, I know. I don't know if I'd want to eat Lazenby. Basically, look for Great Big Owl on your pod, what's it? Good idea. Have we got a sting? Owls don't sting. Great Big Owl.